You should have an apple a day, and you should take a Ampa Primo a day to keep the doctor away. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are hanging out with Dave's friend, Will Dyson, and we are going to discuss the side effects of DECA. Of course, we're going to take your listener questions. I've got timestamps below, but the first half hour is all about DECA side effects. We'll talk about DECA and anxiety and why that happens. We'll discuss when to use Kaber and how much. We'll discuss symptoms of prolactin and creating a test to DECA ratio. After that, we've got all your listener questions, and if you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below. We will take your questions then. We're asked, can you use anabolic steroids in a nasal spray? Why don't we see IPB pros with bad acne? Adding orals at the end of a contest prep is Primo healthier than Masteron plus a bunch more. If you're new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring IPB pros, educators in our industry, experienced coaches. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love and keep you entertained in the process. Huge shout out to everybody who's supporting the show on Patreon. You guys are helping me to have the time to pump more of these shows out, and I appreciate the heck out of you. All right, guys, let's get to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. And today we got a special guest, Will Dyson, the anabolic scientist. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for additional savings, high-quality third-party tested supplements uh, from a company that you can trust. I'm watching Dave over here. He's like playing with plush toys. Uh, EvalBloodAnalysis.com. Get all your lab work done by Dave if you're in the UK. And hey, if you are in the UK, check out Strom Sports Nutrition. High-quality uh, performance supplements. What are, you, what are you pointing at there, Will? Oh, you got a Strom hoodie Strom. right there behind you. Nice. I like that. Why don't I have a Strom hoodie? I'm going to have to talk to that guy who owns the place, that Rich Foster fella. Anyway, we're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. For those of you in Canada, check them out for great deals. Dave, are you going to be on your best behavior today because we have a guest? I will, but I do have one question that has just sprung to mind from that intro. Yes. And I'm going to have to ask it. What proportion of your wardrobe, and this is for both of you, is made up of branded freebie t-shirts and hoodies that you've got from supplement companies. <laughs> a lot. Nothing I'm wearing right now, but a lot. Good good amount, including my shake, my shaker cup. I'm drinking out of a True Nutrition shaker cup. It's a thermos mug. You guys can buy these. Use our code THANK. They're really good. How'd you like that? I spun that into some promo, Dave. I'm saying that. Well, what's going on, man? Ah... Nothing much, just uh, recovering from from the, the, the dreadly C word, um, which hasn't been so dreadly for me at least anyway. But, good, um, good. Did you, did, did you get the new variant that gives you a really sore throat, apparently? No, my throat was all right. I, I just ended it with the expected painy stuff. It felt fluey, coldy, and coughing up loads of green shit. So, yeah. Well, listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. You go by the anabolic scientist on Instagram um, and you actually have like some legit credentials. Tell us uh, what uh, what is it that you are interested in uh, as far as things that would relate to this show, bodybuilding gear, all of that. Cool. So um, the anabolic scientist, like the name itself, I'm not exactly a people think I'm a, a steroid researcher. That is not the case. It just sounds cool as fuck. So <laughs> I'll have that. I like being anabolic. I like bodybuilding and I'm a scientist. So the two are separate entities. I gotcha. But, there we go. So 
Credentials are those things on the wall there. Oh, my left or right is confused. There, there, there. Yes. <laughs> so I've been a PT for like 10, 12 years, that, as is everybody else in the world. Um, a coach for about the last online for the last five or six. I've done a foundation degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree, and now doing my PhD in molecular biology and um, veering in towards like drug stuff and um, bio biophysics. Um, I've done a, another master's degree. I finished last week in performance nutrition and um, various other tertiary fitnessy stuff. And interest-wise, bodybuilding. I'm a classic physique competitor. Um, I love classic physique. Love posing. It's one of my biggest like things about bodybuilding. I'll probably pose and bodybuild till I can't anymore. Um, yeah, I guess just any. I mean, anything, anything to do with nutrition, anything to do with with steroids, anything harm reduction focus as well, um, which is why Dave and I get along, uh, get occasionally. Um, we, we get no. Um, <laughs> um, no, we do, we do, we do. Um, yeah, and just, I mean, everything really, anything body related, related I tend to have interest in. Um, right on, right on. Well, today we had a bunch of stuff uh, about DECA. And uh, Dave, we had mentioned some stuff last week. I, I think somebody brought up a question about progesterone and DECA. And from there, it, it opened the floodgates. So I thought today would be a good day to do a full like DECA topic. Um, and we have a, a handful of questions that we'll start with. We also have all of our listener questions that you guys sent us. Uh, by the way, you guys are freaking awesome with all the comments that you help with because that stuff helps to boost our programming. Um and uh, listen, if you want to take part in the next show, then definitely comment below. Oh, before we did get started with that, I did want to mention too, Dave, you have your Pillars of Strength coming up. So we've talked about that before. It's a, a, a multi-week, basically, uh, Zoom session with Dave, where you get to learn all about everything, every aspect of bodybuilding, really. How many weeks is that? Seven weeks. We do diet. Uh, training, anabolics, health markers, reading bloods, designing cycles, um, that sort of thing. Can I audit this? Like just sitting in the background and occasionally crack jokes? No. Okay. I got to pay like everybody else. You're not funny. I think that our audience would disagree with you. I think that's a Dave problem. Dave, <laughs> anyway. I have lots. I have lots of problems, and yes, you are one of them. <laughs> All right, let's get into this thing. Anyway, um, I'm going to just dive into, like I said, the questions because we had a bunch of stuff related to Deca. Now, this one in particular to start with, I remember a couple of years back, I did like an Instagram Q and A, and somebody had messaged me and they said, uh, "Have you ever gotten jealous while taking Deca?" He's like, every time I've taken DECA, I get really jealous, like unrationally jealous of my girlfriend. And I think that there's like guys that want to sleep with her and stuff like that. He was like, and it gets out of hand. He was like, so I can't take DECA. And normally I'm not like that. So it, it really freaks him out. And I was like, that sounds weird. Like maybe he already had some jealousy issues in the background. But then after I responded, I had a number of people reach out. And talk about all sorts of different weird mental side effects that they get from DECA. And this was the question that we had today. Uh, thoughts on MPP, DECA, and anxiety. Um, 
might be coincidence, but both times I used NPP, anxiety regarding lovesickness felt way worse when compared to other compounds cycles. And we had other people chime in about this. Like he's not alone. Like that's weird. We're getting into like that emotional stuff, lovesickness, anxiety, DECA. Um, I mean, either you guys are welcome to jump in on this one, but what do you think? I, I think that nandrolones is a family of drugs um, are potentially the biggest neural impact in drugs that we have in the arsenal we use, uh, in part due to their cross-binding affinity. I mean, they do bind with lots of different receptors. Uh, Decker is a weird one. Um, I've known people struggle with depression from Decker. I've seen Decker affect thyroid values in a different way. Um uh, the people with the thyroid stuff were borderline anyway, but I've seen Decker have quite an impact on thyroid meds and, and, and how people feel on their thyroid meds and how they've had to change their dosing. Uh, Mechanism-wise, I'm not 100%. Obviously, we know there's an impact around dopamine and dopamine transport proteins. That, that's fairly well uh, established. And we know there's an impact on neuropeptide Y affecting memory. Uh, and obviously, you've got the usual neuron, neuron activity boosting from an anabolic anyway, um, and things like that as well. Um, so um, overthinking anxiety would definitely, I suspect, be more enhanced with, with Deca trend being the other one uh, than it would be with most standard anabolics. But the actual love sickness sort of emotional jealousy stuff, I'm not aware currently of a specific mechanism behind that. I don't know if Will is. Have you read anything on that sort of stuff, Will? Not specifically, but I did a, I did a bit of thinking earlier with regards to prolactin, dopamine, and that side of things. And I thought, well, so DECA can elevate prolactin. And yeah, obviously. Prolactin yeah. Can act as an, can, if you have enough prolactin elevation, that it can act negative, if it, if it can exert negative feedback on the hypothalamus that then means it's mm. going to increase dopamine production to try and slam the prolactin release down mm -hmm. dopamine especially in excess is associated with excessive impulsivity which can then lead to anxiety and if you look at schizophrenics for example dopamine has a really shit effect on potentiating their hallucinogenic side effects mm. so through these same sort of mechanisms, could he be getting unnecessarily anxious or paranoid about his girlfriend's behavior or other guys interacting with his girlfriend due to that negative feedback mechanism that might be potentiating that? But you've also got a down regulation of dopamine transport through DECA as well. So it's, it's almost potentially self-regulating in that sense. What about well, the prolactin increasing uh, ER? You think there's anything there? Yeah, potentially as well, because depending on the extent to which either of those, you know, if the, the, it could be auto-regulated, but then to what extent, what impact, what? And then also, again, if you've got a slight overbalance towards, if you've got a slight shift towards, let's say, excessive dopamine, increasing that impulsivity side of things, and then also you have some potentiation of estrogens, um, sensitivity or actions as well, that could also then upset that side of things, because um, that's... Really yeah. I mean, obviously, um, prolactin is driven by a lowering of dopamine. That's what causes the prolactin to elevate in the first place. And though you can get elevated prolactin from high estrogen, it, it's, it, it's very well tolerated in general. 
aside from high prolactin through estrogen, uh, I mean, I've seen prolactin levels touching a thousand from estrogen and the individuals are suffering no ill effects whatsoever. Hmm. And then as soon as you add anything that affects dopamine, those prolactin signs are horrendous. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people jump on prolactin as being this, it does this, it does that. And it very much does depend on what's the driving factor behind prolactin. Prolactin on its own, just as a raised hormone with no impact on dopamine levels. So dopamine levels haven't been lowered. Um, he's nowhere near as impacting as you'll find prolactin with elevation through lowered dopamine. Yeah, so it, I mean, it, it depends on the cycle that they're, I guess, the cycle that they've incorporated. If they've got a high test background, for example, they've got a high degree of aromatization, they've already got a high estrogen background, and then they've mm. got high prolactin going on, and then the triage is potentiating one another, then that could be. So, for example, people in that position, they could do one of two things. They could reduce tests down to TRT levels to regulate the, the amount of estradiol that they've got, as long as they've got no other e estrogen potentiating substances in there, such as DBOL or, or EQ. Or they could, they could incorporate some P5P. Well, they could do a blood test first and see if the prolactin is elevated, because then if it is going to be potentiating it and it's that combination of the two, then they'd surely see an increased, they'd see increased E2, increased prolactin. If the prolactin is potentiating the actions of estrogen and normally say if for, for an equivalent dose of test that provides an equal dose of, or a not that expected level of estrogen, but then when you add in prolactin, it makes it worse. And yeah. if you add in P, it brings that prolactin back into range and then those side effects disappear, then that could be, it could be that that is impacting that person in that way. But they're two quite easy ways to test it, I guess. What's your thoughts on Kaber? Um, I try and avoid it where possible. It's quite, I find it's a bit, it's, it's similar to AIs in, in regards to it being a sledgehammer. The side effects on, on worth it. Um, Unless somebody is, I mean, if somebody if somebody requires that severe degree of management, I think it would. I would rather go back to the the their cycle structure design, um, and use again use something like certainly knock knock something back into range rather than going down the cable route. Here is here is a very interesting thing that I've noticed, um, and it's something I discussed with Broderick, and he said he he's had the same as well. People that struggle with DECA that seem to have emotional sides, anxiety problems, whatever it may be with DECA, yeah. those sides seem to dissipate as if you actually increase the dose of DECA. So you'll yeah. find people that have problems at two, three, four, five hundred mega DECA, but if you go up six, seven, eight, those sides dissipate, which makes me then start to go more down a DHN route that the lower dose, I think of it in totality of dose. We know DHN is a, is a poor substrate for DHT. We know, you know, we know it's a weak of, uh, impact at the um, receptor, but is there a potential that just sheer volume of DHN because of an elevated level of DECA overcomes the negativity that DHN would have at a much lower dose? Or Scott Stevenson had said, Scott Stevenson had said, there's only going to be so much of it that you're going to be able to convert. So at a certain point, you may actually be getting more DECA straight on DECA that's attaching to the receptor. If you're mm -hmm. just mega dosing the DECA, you know, cause you're only going to be able to convert so much of it to DHN. 
And Decker has a higher binding affinity yeah. as a as a pure than DHN does. There you go. So so there's the other bit that that spins things a little bit is I have seen it quite a few that people people can to be a bit cautious with Decker at times uh, and and generally because of fallacies like Decker Dick and all that sort of bollocks. It's just shit cycle management, in my opinion. But anyway, um, whereas if they're a bit more robust with their dosing with Decker, they tend to get less problems with it. So are you saying this is one of the rare cases where taking more steroids could potentially be the answer? I am saying (laughs) that there is a variety of potential (laughs) problems and solutions depending on the individual at hand. But it was it just I mean obviously a there's good political no answer I, I like that I've no I've I've no data on this it's just yeah. observational yeah uh, but it, I don't know if Will's noticed anything in similar or have you seen anything of a similar nature where the higher doses seem to negate a lot of the sides yeah I mean I've seen that quite a lot. I mean I've seen that for the last five or ten years people tend to report that and both with trends sometimes as well it, again if either if they run it's it goes back to the whole what do you run higher, your test or your, you must always run test higher or the other people, the other, the other camps say, no, no, you must always run your trend higher than your test or the other way around. And I think it falls along the same sort of argument. The mechanistics we don't fully understand, but I think that whatever it is that's potentiating, whatever mechanism that is, if it's DHN, if it's something to relate to prolactin, estrogen, et cetera, whatever it is with these particular phenotypes, because neurochemistry balance is, is extremely different and variable um, among individuals, isn't it? And but, how we respond but, to that psychologically would be different as well. So I might, you know, when I take, when I have a cup of coffee, I might respond to it like it's nothing. If my wife has a cup of coffee and she feels slightly over agitated, she'll be, she freaks the fuck out because she's not used to it. But I'm quite used to the effects of stimulants. So I don't, I don't get the shakes or anything like that. It's the same thing with the neurochemistry, you know, is, is part of that psychological and does it affect you in that regard, especially with regards to anxiety, erectile dysfunction and that side of things. But yeah, I do, th- I think that that could be um, something there. I think the most important thing to remember though, is that if you are, um, if say in those individuals where a higher dose of Deca does mitigate those side effects, not just to go, okay, well, I'll just stay at 500 tests and then go to 800 milligrams of Deca, just bring the test down and or bring something else down while you're mm. increasing. And also be mindful that with increasing the Deca to overcome those side effects, you're going to get the other sides from the 19 nores, which are long-term Smashing yeah, the old brain. I mean, we've we've you've got this. This is not um, an advertisement for for bigger is better because of the simple reason is these drugs are doing damage, uh, and you bring the dose up, you bring the damage up, um, and it is as simple as that. I mean, I I've spoke about this loads on the podcast. I have a a definite marked decline in my memory capability from the huge amount of Decker I've used over the years. There's no denying that, none at all. Well, let me move to this next question because it really does tie in. I, I think a lot of people are probably going to be asking it then um, after this conversation. Uh, he says, um, what are some signs, symptoms of nandrolone-induced prolactin elevation? And then he also adds, and when to use CABR? Well, I suppose when to use caber is when P5P doesn't cut it at the end of the day. <laughs> um, you will, with caber, it is very much a less is more. Very much a less is more. Um, I don't like the wholesale, oh, I'm going on a cycle with Decker or Trend, so I'm going to use caber from the get-go. 
um, really don't like that approach at all. And I find that if you preload with P5P, it has a much better chance of managing prolactin from nandrolone rather than if you add it in as a, a, a fixer halfway through a cycle. Um, but um, if you're going to have to use... Uh, a personal approach would be P5P. If it doesn't work, then add in the caber. But again, with the caber, be sparing. You know, uh, keep it as low as you possibly can because a little goes a long way uh, and you can literally crash the arse out of your prolactin on 0.5 twice a week, which is the common dosing that most people will refer to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, point. I was going to say, so 0.5 twice a week is generally what you see if you look at any of the old message boards. What would you start with if you needed to go to Caper, guys? Well, um, I'd, I'd start as low as possible. I, uh, it's similar to what, I can't remember what, how long, how far back this, is, this went, but it was the one where you did a, probably about a couple of years ago, you were talking about Aromasin versus Arimidex and starting as low as half a 12.5 and just seeing how that affects your, your E2 levels. But a simple case of if you get a single, if you want to, if you get a single, if you get a small hormone panel and if you think your prolactin's affecting your stuff then do your bloods assess your prolactin levels if it's elevated or if it is affecting your stuff it will be elevated then you can draw a conclusion and say okay well that level is elevated it might be a case for using some form of prolactin management use the smallest dose possible give it two three weeks maybe just even quicker yeah cable will bring prolactin down within a matter of days it is it is super efficient Hmm. um Retest in a week, see how you feel, see how the levels respond. And then you've got an idea, you've got a dose response, but, and just, just not going down this nuking approach. I mean, I think there was another question where a guy was saying, uh, I think it was Thanos um, commented something about, it was something to do with Eastern and, and, and Arimidex at a milligram. He, well, he freaked well, out. Hang on, hang on a minute, sir. Hang on. Has he got to look at the questions before the podcast? Yeah, just like you can. What it would re- what it would require, Dave, is that you went to our YouTube channel and you looked at the comments. And if you wanted to, you could even respond to those comments. As responding to those comments would help to boost our programming in the algorithm and help us to get more viewers. Uh, so yeah, Will actually did have a chance to look at the questions. He simply followed the link, the same link that I sent you when I published the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get stabbed the next time I go for blood. <laughs> I've well and truly dropped a minute. <laughs> um, but the the, yeah. the the other side of this though was, uh, you know, what are the symptoms that we're looking out for? Because I do have a feeling too. Some of the guys that are watching this right now maybe never have even used Deca. We hear the term Deca Dick. That's obviously something that we're going to want to look out for. But what else are we talking about? If you're talking prolactin sides in relation to, well, let's start with erectile dysfunction because that's the common one. Generally with prolactin, it's not an ability to get hard. And it's more an issue with either climaxing or maintaining. Um, And sexual recovery is particularly um, impacted. So once you've done your muck, you're gonna be. You're not gonna be bouncing back 10, 15 minutes later. It could be, you know, well, 
maybe that's a long time for some people. I don't know. I'm old and shit. I don't do that dirty stuff anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're, you're looking at much longer sexual recovery post-climax. Um, whereas high estrogen in general, and there is a lot of crossover here, but high estrogen in general just means it don't work in the first place full stop. Um, obviously, extremely high prolactin can get to that point as well. But generally, that's the differences between the sides around erectile dysfunction is that estrogen is no worky and prolactin is no worky properly. Um, other sides then tend to be emotional um, and, and more around those bases, and, and they can vary massively. I, I, I wouldn't even want to stab it. You really find yourself it. crying while you watch television. Well, I think more from the prolactin side of things, particularly if it's dopamine driven through an androlone, it's going to be more low mood depression, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or losing joy of life. I mean, that's a great I'm way very of well it. known. I'm very well known for being particularly joyful about life and how much I enjoy life and smile <laughs> constantly. I smile inside. Okay. Is that enough? <laughs> we got to get a t shirt for Dave that says, I smile inside. <laughs> you know, a really, really good day if he uses a smile emoji. Yeah, <laughs> any, any emoji. I don't. I don't. That's got nothing to do with me, grumpy twat. That's to do with fat fingers and inability to use technology. That's why I don't use emojis. I, I, I thought it was interesting. I had learned that with prolactin that, um, you know, you were talking about like an inability. The refractory period is longer. It's interesting that when a male reaches climax, our bodies are naturally, our, our uh, prolactin goes up. And that's what's responsible for that refractory period that we can't just get on up and go again right away. So it would make sense that if you were to then take that same hormone and raise it all the time, that you would start to have issues. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that there's subtle differences, but there are generally quite distinct differences. But to be fair, we're dealing with people. There are so many things that can impact here, um, particularly psychological. You know, once you get it into your head that it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult sometimes to break that. You know, I, I mean, I know people that have have had prolactin issues um, and then they've just got so convinced that it's fucked, even though hormones are all good, all back in range, everything's normal. Yeah, they're still having problems, and that's when it's just become you know it's it's psychologically induced. It, it's mental then. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We did talk. Oh, go ahead, well. I was just going to say one thing, which I found is I think it's probably been long and forgotten about by this point. But one thing I did find that was quite good for that um, was PT one four one, that peptide, which it, it mm -hmm. stimulates motivation more than anything else. And hmm. I found that, and I remembered. I remembered at the time, I think I was using a substantial, I think I was using like 600, 700 milligrams of DECA at that point. I can remember I was struggling with the um, endurance aspect of things. And I thought, fuck it, I'll try it. I was experimenting with the GHRPs and doing the whole, um, uh, what's, what was the guy's name again? Scott, um, another Scott. Um, uh, thingy Scott, the guy always used lightning emojis and fire emojis. And he, he did the growth blast stuff on the forums years ago. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, um, Scott, um, con artist, Scott. Yeah, 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 that one, that one, that one. Yeah, I can't um, remember his last name now. 
I know you meant con artist Scott. I'm glad that I'm not con artist Scott. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, um, so and I, it, it's 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 bizarre. It just it it it, tra- it, t- it turned things around it, it instantly, and it's it works on on central motivation mechanisms to do with. That. I've, I've long since forgotten the chemistry behind it, but. Huh. Um, it went like that, and it, it just removed any for me at least. Anyway, n equals one. Tried a few times, but it was like three or four times in a day from like barely one and having to like stop and go. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm not in the mood. Um, so yeah, I, I find that quite quite remarkable. Yeah, I mean, notice, notice he drops in three or four times a day, so he's sort of you know I'm a stud, like, I manage it like like the time. average guy who's right. doing yeah. it five <laughs> six times a day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to add, I remembered, and we had talked about this before. We actually talked about this a long time ago. One of our listeners was using an ADHD medication that, uh, and, and, and it wasn't Adderall or Ritalin. It was some sort of like other, uh, like major amphetamine that usually isn't prescribed, but somehow he had a prescription for it. And, and he said that, uh, when he started running, I believe it was NPP that, it just wasn't working anymore. Like that he needed his tolerance went way, way up. And, and I guess if we're having that kind of a, it, it basically an affected dopamine. And so if you're having that level of an effect on dopamine, I can imagine how you wouldn't be feeling motivated or, or happy, you know, either of those things, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think of a name now for that. It's brome, brome, brome or something. Yes, thank you. I can feel it. All right. I think we did have one more. And we did have a lot of people, too, uh, that had made their own comments here who are on the live stream. I wanted to say shout out to you guys for hanging with us. A lot of uh, DECA stuff. Oh, and, and I will throw in Ross's question here um, related to the topic. He says, on the topic of DECA, what ratio of DECA to test, test would be a solid base for 750 milligrams of test? Uh, there isn't really a set ratio. This is all bollocks, you know. It, it's You pick your drugs to, to, based on you, your health, your tolerance, where you are in composition, and yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Um, I mean, there's, there's no point. You know, if you said it was a one-to-one, but his highest cycle he's ever run before is 900 mg, all of a sudden you're telling him to 1.5 grams. You know, it doesn't work like that. It, it's... It's all it's it's much more individualized on, on what you're trying to achieve. You know, you your drugs are a toolbox. They they do things. And those things to an extent are 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 relatively stable in the sense that, you know, test aromatizers, D ball aromatizers. We know that Decker is a progesterone, this, that, and the other. And so you you pick your tools based on your experience, your previous dosing, stuff like body fat composition. You know, you're not going to want to run high aromatizers if you're a fat fuck like me. Um, And and those various different aspects of what you're trying to achieve as well. Um, So it isn't a case of, well, if I take test, I take this much Decker. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I've I've had clients run 200, 250 mega tests and run run 1.2 grams of Decker and been perfectly fine. I like um, Broderick's. Um, Broderick did a seminar a while ago on, you know, the one he did on the, I think it was on contest prep or on female usage. But when it came to journaling things, 
journaling your side effects and for the female side of things you know keeping a, an eye on lumps in your breasts and clitoral enlargement and things like that but actually keeping a log every month and checking in with yourself there's no reason why males shouldn't do the same absolutely there aren't any why not just write you know rank it i have on my check-in forms i have libido on my check-in form and for those i give it as an option for my clients i don't i don't force them to fill it out but it's there and if i see that throughout a, a, a mesocycle their libido is dropping and their their doms and their fatigue is going up there's probably a bit of a time to put probably a good sign to pull back but you're just asking the question and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure scott stevenson includes that in some of his um uh tracking that he uses to track um uh being overtrained or over overreached and yeah. it's just asking the question but if you don't you don't track it then you can't tell so it's it's very easy because these declines are gradual it, it's very easy to start to accept it as the norm yeah, um exactly. you see you see this a lot with people first starting trt it's like i didn't realize how fucked i was until i started trt and now i realize oh, yeah. how hard you know i'd gone and it's the same with cycles you you start to get this deterioration if you've been on too long or doses are too high or whatever it may be, but you start to get this deterioration, it's not until you stop and change, you realize how much it was affecting you. So it is, it can be difficult to be objective in those points because it's very, and, and we are fuckers for making excuses for drug induced problems. Of course. You know, yeah. you know, Oh, I, I'm tired. Oh yeah, but I've had a hard week at work, you know, or this has happened or that has happened. Not, not, well, maybe I should be, coming off now or lowering the dose <laughs> yeah but this is it and i like and again on the, on the body, he as part of this he recommended having somebody uh, somebody you can trust to talk about these things with a third party and i talk to my wife i tell her what i'm on all the time i'll let her know if i'm using insulin if i'm using growth if i'm using what if I'm making changes to my cycle and she'll ask me like for example during my last push i got up to 253 and at that point i was getting pretty like i mean i had to ended up doing a sleep study because i was i was veering on the sleep apnea side of things and my stamina was just fucking nothing and i i wasn't too sure if it was if it was the nandrolone or if it was or if it was just the, the size i've never been 252 before so and then once i pulled the weight back down while still on nandrolone then i was fine so we concluded okay it's probably not the dose of nandrolone it is probably the fact that you were holding 253 and your fitness was shit so hmm. there we go but we have that open discussion and it's not it's not shameful to do it you just it's just talking with somebody you trust and you need to have that objectivity otherwise you're just pushing it under the rug right on well listen but we got to move on guys we've got uh, a bunch of stuff that we still needed to cover we went a little bit long with the segment but i think it was going to be helpful so i'm just going to dive straight into the rest of our listener questions and we can kind of rapid fire some of these if it makes sense to uh, matt had asked us um would a nasal spray form of a compound be effective for a pre-workout uh, thank you scott and dave another great show and i hope you have a great week Heck of a week one cycle for Dave. Oh, that he was referring to, he was referring to that um, th that stash we saw from the guy who got busted, that Colonial Labs from last week. By the way, Dave, we had a number of people comment, and they were like, "Oh shit, I loved Colonial Labs. I used them for years." <laughs> the, the guy who got well, arrested. Sorry, guys, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. So nasal sprays, because we had talked about, uh, you know, trying to, trying to chew up tablets and use them sublingually, get it in your system faster. 
I actually remember a guy telling me that he snorted Anadrol, which I don't think that's going to be a benefit. You're going to mess all your nasal passages up. Or no, excuse me. It was Halotestin. He was snorting Halotestin. Uh, let's not do that, fellas. But uh, what about if there was a nasal spray preparation of this stuff? Uh, the, 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 you know, it, it's a viable route of administration. I, I would say it's less effective than the injectionable route, but it's still a viable route of administration. Um, I don't particularly think it's going to be any better or any worse in, in the sense of it's, you know, I mean, you're limited to the application, you're limited to the volume, you're limited yeah. to the dosing um, because of the, the administration. So from that point of view, I, I wouldn't be something I'd be looking at going to. No, I can see why it would be used in, in TRT potentially. And somebody had commented that below him. He had said, uh, yeah, some guys I know get test spray for HRT and uh, or as a boost of an already existing HRT protocol. Um, and they use a pre-workout saying it helps. So, Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It's, I personally, as it stands, don't see it being hugely beneficial, but end of the day i've never tried it so i can't comment from any experience either you got any thoughts on that one will no just use the orals yeah I'll find your heart right? time it very pretty just get it done this i think reinventing the wheel is pointless in that, in that situation i think you're right too all right uh thanks guys uh i didn't ask this to dave although i'm subscribed to his website so he's talking about crosslands.org.uk. It's shit. Don't subscribe to it. <laughs> but I wanted to get uh, some opinions um, from you and Scott, too, uh, considering uh, you have plenty. Oh, for me as well. Plenty of hair on your head. Uh, question for the next episode with Dave. One, how to prevent or reduce a hair loss. Uh, it seems that when I'm on cycle, I lose a lot of hair. And two, is there a difference in resting heart rate uh, between an athlete and a normal person? So I will we'll turn to Will too, because I'm curious to hear, do you have any thoughts on hair restoration or you know, hair, hair preservation? We've done this uh, a lot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my personal thoughts are, I mean, male pattern, if you've got male pattern baldness gene, you're, you're susceptible to it and you're very, very limited as to what you can do if you're using gear to utterly avoid it other than not use steroids. Um, yeah. To some extent, everything's going to drive it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lim limiting it and minimizing it, I guess avoiding DHTs is your, your prime. Um, and then I'm not a big fan of the finasteride due to steroids that side of things because of the side effects um most people don't tolerate them very well um and then i guess the other yeah i it's not something i'm not i've not struggled okay. with personally. yeah i've never i've clearly um my dad's 86 and still has a full head of hair so i'm never gonna struggle with it <laughs> um so it's not something I invest a lot of time into reading, but I always find that it, it's futile. You know, no matter what you do, you're still going to drive it. And even if eventually age would probably drive it anyway, if you've got that kind of propensity to hair loss. Yeah. So it's, it's I've talked about my own stuff that I'm doing. Um, and, and actually I would direct him to a conversation I had with Dr. Dean St. Mart on, on hair restoration. Uh, I use topical finasteride 
And uh, most of it will stay topical. You know, I, I do think that there is going to be some that gets through systemically, but you know, for the most part though, they're finding that it works just as well as the systemic as taking it orally along with uh, um, minoxidil five milligrams, two times a day. And for that seems to be, you know, it seems to be helping. I don't know, but it's, it's never something you can really compare. Like would I have lost more hair if I didn't use it? I don't know, you know, but, and then also the, the resting heart rate thing. I think you guys would agree. Yeah. Athletes normally have a, a lower resting heart rate, right? Yep. This, this is the answer to hair loss. Just shave the fucker off. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> or have good hair and shave half of it off anyway, because you don't give a shit. Um, and there grow you go. To mock all the people that haven't got any hair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, resting heart rate will lower. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high quality, well-priced on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. Okay. Question for the next show. Uh, how come you rarely see professional bodybuilders struggle with acne except a single uh, a single pimple here and there in the off season? Uh, but when on stage, their skin looks flawless. I myself am prone to acne. I'm 24 and running test in EQ with minimal acne by my standards, but still annoying from time to time. Uh, is the reason that the older men get the less acne becomes a problem despite being prone to it in the first place uh, and running gear? Thanks. By the way, Christmas cabbage is my celebrity crush and I dream it every night. You need, first of all, you need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, going back on to um, genetics will play a big role here. Drug management will also play a role here. You know, at the end of the day, someone doesn't become pro without having a great deal of experience on what works and what doesn't work for them. And that's not to say that when they were doing their early cycles, they didn't end up looking like spotty teenagers as well. They may well have done. Yeah. Um, but age helps, definitely. You know, acne does become less of an issue as you get older. You're less susceptible to it. Um, and the rest is really just down to drug choices um, around learning what works for you and what doesn't. But there are and will be people. And I do believe there's been a few pros over the years that have had skin problems. 
but in general, you're right, because skin quality is considered when you judge a bodybuilder, especially if you've got two very equal physiques. Yeah. Um, it is still an element of a beauty pageant standing on stage, whether you want to agree with that or not. It is the truth. And if you're judging two identical bodybuilders and one's got bad acne, the one without will win. It's, it's, it's that simple. You don't want to look like you have side effects from steroids. That's, I think, the, the number one thing that will, like, as far as hurt your look. If you, Some... if you look like you're abusing gear, you have, say, crazy lumps or, you know, excessive sight enhancement, acne, gyno. Those things are really frowned upon. They want to have it look like you don't Some... really, you know, you just Some look like this fed... naturally. Yeah, some feds are particularly harsh. I remember UKBFF was particularly harsh with yeah. both muscle tears and signs of usage. Yeah, they, they're astronomically so far in excess to what I thought was fair, to be fair, to be honest. I mean, the way I've always looked at it, if you've got a fucking great lump on your delt because of a sight shot that's not been particularly good, well, then you've just got a deformed and shit doubt. So as when I judge your physique, I judge your shoulders as being imbalanced, unproportioned, and, and therefore not particularly good in your physique. In the same way as I judge somebody that had small arms or, or you know, a missing body part in that sense. So I, I do think over-punishment for, for visual drug use is, is, is unfair in judging, but it does happen, and some feds are particularly harsh on it. Um, but yeah, go on, your turn, Will. I was just going to say, if you had, I always think of it if you've got an identical twin and the guy turns up in shredded shape and your identical twin is the same condition, same size, proportion, whatever, but he's got shit acne, the guy with, without shit acne wins. And, you know, the, at the Fit Expo show that, that, that you were down for, Scott, there was a guy in one of the bodybuilding classes that I thought, wow, phenomenal bodybuilder, but his, he didn't hold his poses. I knew what he, the, sad, the sad thing is, is I, look, I knew what he looked like. I knew he was in better shape than what he was displaying, but his poses yeah. were so shit. And his acne was shit. And I had to remove that from my, like, I, he should have been first, but yeah. he wasn't displaying. Were you and, judging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first, uh, my, my final qualifier was the Fit Expo show. Oh, no kidding. I spent some time, like, literally getting in your way then. I, I sat down in front of the tables for a few minutes to shoot some video down there. Which, guys, I, yeah. somebody asked me, uh, where is that video? I still haven't finished editing it yet. I have, I'm doing all the podcast each week, and so I go through that stuff a little bit at a time, but it's... I need to hire somebody else. Is really what it you comes have. Down you to. have one fucking job. Yeah, one job. One job for this hour, and then another no, job for the next one hour. One job. One job. You start making it like a drama queen, like you're fucking busy. <laughs> I'll message Dave, you in Dave, the morning. Dave. Are you up? No, I'm in bed. Yeah, he messaged me. What time? What time did you message me? Oh, it's in like the morning. Yeah, like for you <laughs> in the morning in UK. Yeah. yeah. I do have one one other thing with the, uh, the the skin side of things. I do think that well, two two other things. One, I think pros have had a lot more time using gear, so they've had a bit more time to refine their compound selection. Yes. And two, I think if they're pros, they're getting paid to do this. This is their expectation. I think generally their lives are going to be a lot less stressful because they're kind of there. Uh -huh. They made it not not stress free, but it's a lot easier to be a bodybuilder when you're not balancing another job or working your ass off, sweating yourself in a shirt working whatever yep. other job you're doing. So that's a great I think point. that's a big thing. Hygiene is a big one. So yeah, That's a yeah, great point, dude. I'm working with a guy on Accutane right now, and he legitimately needed it. Yeah. He's been using it since before we started working together. We're finally about to come off of it. Oh, we'll get back to you, Dave. Hold on, I'm telling the story. But he uh, 
he actually had, and his skin's getting clear, but it, it still wasn't perfect. And, uh, you know, still getting occasional pimples. Um, and he took two weeks off work. And that means he wasn't like, he said at work, he sweat so much that he'd have to change his shirt three times a day. Two weeks yeah. off of work. And he was like, oh my God, my skin has finally cleared up, you know? So there's that. And then also my other thought would be just genetics in general. Some of us have yeah. a shit draw when it comes to yeah. acne genetics and some of us don't, you know, and, and that's going to be part of what goes into being a good bodybuilder. I'll tell you what, you see a guy with good, healthy skin, that's going to be, it's going to take his physique further. Like when you look at people on stage and both you guys have judged, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are people that will just stand out. It's like, they just, they just, it looks like the, all the lights are hitting them. They just mm -hmm. look different. They look better. They stand out. And sometimes you can't exactly put your finger on exactly what it is, that one single thing, but it's just the whole package. And a lot of times having really good skin is going to be part of that. So Absolutely. Dave, you had a question or you had a statement. Have you noticed, and I don't know if this is just me, that now you're probably not really quite old enough for this one, Will. Scott, go back 20 years, everybody went to the gym, trained, showered at the gym, changed and left. Whereas most people now travel to the gym, train, travel home and shower. They sure as hell do. Hopefully they shower when they get home. We don't know. Well, but there is a definite difference in the culture of hygiene around training as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah nobody uses the showers anymore. No, well, not as, I mean, obviously people train before work and they'll shower and get changed and go to work. But yeah. And was, old people. It was, everybody used to shower post-workout. Nobody went home without having a shower. Now it's commonplace the opposite. So I do wonder if sometimes things like that have much more impact than we realize in, you know, well i can tell you i can tell you now so i never ever have skin problems like very 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 rarely and even even if i'm on i don't know like 10 milligrams a kilo i don't struggle with that and i will sometimes if i'm in the lab i'll go and set an experiment off i will put it on pause quickly nip off to the gym and then race back because usually my cells will take like two two hours to grow so i'll think right quickly nip off do it get back and make sure I get my workout in quick, get my post-workout nutrition in, no fucking about, back into work, productive, efficient, but I've got no time to shower. If I do that consistently for a week and if I push hard, my skin will get worse. Mm. Uh, will get, and I don't have skin problems as a rule. So I, I think there is definitely a thing there with hygiene. Yeah. And one thing that somebody could use in that scenario is just wet wipes. Carry some in your bag. Easy. Oh, yeah. And then don't put on that same dirty sweatshirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's the other thing too. I think that was I mean, a mistake I made was like wearing a tank top and then having like a hoodie over it to warm up with. But then I wore the same hoodie every day. You know what I mean? I didn't wash the hoodie every night. Well, the other, the other thing is obviously sitting in a car and grinding that sweaty t-shirt yeah. into your back <laughs> all the way home. Into your nice upholstery. All right. What do we got here from Jack? He says, uh, I have a question comment during a bulk. I limit my body fat to not, over uh 12% using test and deca and then once i'm near 12% i recomp down to 6% using test in trend on test in trend i basically do recomp going from 12 to 6% maybe losing only a pound or two um, always have thought about competing in naba classic bodybuilding and i'm wondering 
uh, would I just add in some finishing touch it orals while dropping out the test the last two to four weeks in order to be stage ready? Winnie and Mast uh, make me too flat, but I respond well to VAR and I've never used Halo. Thanks, fellas, and I enjoy your content. Well, if you're at 6%, just go step on stage, mate. You're in it. There you go. <laughs> in the UK, you probably win half the, uh, the amateur shows because, uh, yeah, it seems to be the... Actually, no, that's a lie. People are stepping on stage in very good standard. I saw people at uh, FedEx that were in really great shape, for sure. I, I actually think the standard this this year's this, the 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 standard of some of the classes has been quite deep actually. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. you you always get one or two that are good, but there's there's been a much stronger field across the board this year. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, so you're going from twelve percent to six percent, but only losing two pound. That doesn't work out. Sorry, but there's something wrong with your maths there. Is he really um, going to 6%? Maybe. Well, is, I mean, you know? it depends how you're testing it, doesn't it, at the end of the day. But if you were only losing £2, then you must be incredibly light to drop 6% and only lose £2 in weight. Unless, technically, you're gaining muscle in that period, which is, is also possible. Absolutely, well, well, yeah. Depending on your genetics. But if you're 6% and that's genuine, mate, then all credit to you because that's very fucking hard kitchen to hold for that period of time. And you don't really need to do fuck all. You, you're, you're good enough to step on stage at that sort of level of conditioning. And it depends uh, on his level of experience. If he's not a big guy, like I remember my first contest, I stayed the same weight for like eight weeks, but I just got leaner and leaner and leaner, you yeah. know. And yes, I did use trend in that eight weeks. So there is that, you know. Yeah, I, I I I don't really make sense of his his cycling, um, but in the sense of can he step on stage? If he's lean at six, he doesn't need to add any more compounds. He can just go on. Yeah, you know, you people seem to think you need to do Winstrel before a show or you need to do Halo before stage. Not necessarily. If you look good, you look good. And one of the biggest mistakes he could make is pulling that test out. Like I look really good. I'm going to pull the test out because. I, I, I believe I'm supposed to. I never pull test out. Like I never, ever, ever do. I've never had a problem with it once. I find I look worse if I pull test. I think. I think. I think it's the. It's society. We tend to go in like, like being too philosophical. People go either one way or the other. It's either yes. tested and driven or there. But if you're wanting to not, if you're wanting to look as dry as possible, just reduce it to TRT. You've got enough estrogen, so you're not going to flatten out. And that's probably where he's having the issues with the the mast and the uh, the mast and the winnie. He's probably just driving those water retentive mechanisms that are holding his fullness a little bit too low. Yeah. And that's flattening him out a little bit. And I think in that scenario, um, I would drop your test to TRT. So 125, 150, something like that. Do whatever you're doing with the trend. You may as well leave it in. Um, and if you're going to use an oral at the back end, I'd use Superdrol rather than Halo. Halo, I think if you're struggling with fullness, you'll get that grainy hardening look, but it doesn't add as much fullness as Superdrol does. And I've noticed a huge difference um, when I've used Superdrol versus versus Halo. But the other thing with this cycle that I would be, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about when I look at it, is he says that during his off season, he goes test decker and then in his prep he just goes from he swaps the decker out for trend that's just constant 19 noise usage so i'd just be weary of 
not having a break without any 19 nores in it on his brain. Sure. I'd, I'd also be weary about the amount of time he's spending on cycle as well. Yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I probably wouldn't change anything, you know. And I, and in my thought, I will say one thing is that um, I mean, it change anything as far as going into the show. I agree. I feel like he could probably use more of a break, but uh, I don't find that steroids really affect my ability to fill somebody out. Uh, you know, when he said he was like a little bit flatter, that might mean that you need a little bit more carbs then or a little bit more right. water or something. I don't ever find, though, that like I took a steroid and, you know, like a cutting steroid into a show has never like messed things up for me. I don't know. I think if you offset like your, your estrogen progesterone and that side of things, I think you can because I've I've seen it when I've dropped when I've dropped tests completely. It, it, it that it definitely does whack off my um my ratios because I'm not the biggest of guys, but I have got a classic taper. And when I lose that fullness, I lose that yes. advantage. That I've got. And I definitely think that's a thing. For and sure. I would agree with that. But I guess I mean, like, I've never like added in Winstrel and been like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Now the physique isn't working anymore. Like I, it, it might not be as beneficial. Like you were saying, maybe super draw might give him a little more fullness, but I, I don't know. I feel like my, I guess, take home point is, is rely on the food in the diet for your fullness versus relying on the drug. And yeah, those things can maybe help, but you know, it's not, it's not, not the, an- yeah. Yeah. Like the, the food's not, or the, the drug's not the problem, I guess. I don't know. He could also maybe, maybe, I mean, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if it says in the question, but I think it just says like, um, if he says drop, he suggested dropping out tests at the end. Perhaps what's happened in the past is he's dropped out tests in the end and right. then added. He's and he's added. not oh. no, he's not competed. This is you've been confusing me here. He's talking about competing. Yeah, and he's asking if he needs to change things for competing because he feels a bit flat when he's but he's going to be flat when he's in the court anyway. He's yeah, he, says, he says when he and mast make me too flat. That's what I mean. So when I mean when he's done that in the past, has he or has he not had tests in there? Has yeah. he had? Has he had? Has he not had normal, a sensible amount of E two there? Because that could be the combination of which, in the past where he's done that, had Winnie and Mast. Perhaps he's withdrawn tests as well, and that's shifted that a lot. And perhaps also he's undercarved as well. There's it's yeah, there's yeah. a few things. Like that. All right, we've got a few more here. Um, Rab says. Uh, big fan guys. Uh, everyone always goes on recently about how Primo is one of the most quote healthy steroids, uh, but how much healthier than mast you should have an apple a day and you should take a ampa Primo a day to keep the doctor away. Right. The, the terminology of healthy and steroids is it just is not, it does not. Okay. Less harmful would be a better way of looking at it rather than healthier. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is there is a big fat around Primo at the moment, and it's less harsh. So what I'll do is instead of running 300 megamast, I'm going to run a gram of Primo. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's just like, for fuck's sake, get a grip. Um, I don't. Uh, Primo is a very sophisticated drug, and in that, it, its negative impacts are, yes, they are reduced. Um, so milligram for milligram, I would say that Primo is probably less harsh on the negative side of impacts of anabolic use than Masteron is. But I think you're going to have to have a huge difference in dosing. Um, sorry, I, I 
I just don't feel there's enough there to legitimize the wholesale use of Primo that we're currently seeing. And the other thing is, so I use Primo because I think it's less harmful, but it's also less effective at building muscle mass. Or I use a drug that's perceived as being slightly more harmful, but I'm hyper-conscious about my health markers because it's much more effective at building muscle mass. So therefore, I'm on less cycles and less dose in order to achieve the goals I'm trying to achieve. So there's several ways you can look at this. Just because a compound is, and in general with anabolics, if it's less taxing, it's less effective for growth. The milder compounds are milder because they don't put as many stresses on your body because they don't force as much growth. That makes sense. What do you got, Will? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Dave as a summary. I don't. I, I really, I think, again, it's that binary, healthy, not healthy. It's like Anavar for women, safe yeah. versus, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't prescribe to that. I think it's a bit bullshit. I think people are looking for, again, an excuse to, oh, look, yeah, this is fine. We could do this instead. It's cool. And then we'll run a gram of it. Fine. But I, yeah, I, I, think- very, yeah. I, I think a big driver of this is justification for using more drugs. Yeah. And what can I use and feel safe in myself about yeah. that choice? Yeah. Because I don't want to do something that I'm consciously aware. I mean, over the last 10 years, the, the harms associated around steroids have been much more spoken about. They, we are much more aware. And in general, as a community, we are much more conscious of that. Though there are still huge areas of, of user community that aren't. Yeah. Um, so I can run Primo at a gram because it's a mild drug. Well, you're still running them a gram, a gram of an anabolic. You know, you still got to look at that that element of things. There's still going to be an incredibly huge impact on HDL levels. Not to mention, um, like, what are the solvents that, that are in that particular brand? Well, you've you got know? all that as well, yeah. So, um, and I think a lot of it is how people can create argument in their own heads to live with the choices and decisions they're making because they're not running this because well that's toxic well yeah but i'd rather be toxic for six weeks and grow like a fucker than be mildly toxic for three months and not grow at all same uh, argument with the whole estrogen thing that we've talked about that mm. in the past people were like we got to keep the estrogen low estrogen causes cancer we have to stop all estrogen and now people are like you just get as much estrogen as you can possibly take it's great for you don't take an ai ever you know it's like where's the middle ground in any of this stuff guys you know and it ha- that that's the point it, it is about a middle ground it's about the risk and reward for you as a person based on the drug its toxicity and its potential for results and that's a personal decision based on where you are in your health for argument's sake if you're fit healthy and you are very fit and healthy you will actually tolerate drugs much better than someone who's not yeah um you know, I, I, I ran my first four and a half gram cycle with relatively low sides in any form and, and instance. And that was because I went into that cycle fit, healthy, doing shit loads of cardio, being in a very good position with body fat levels. When I ran my second four and a half gram cycle, I came from a, a very bad base. I wasn't fit and healthy. I wasn't lean. And as a result, within five or six weeks, I was starting to have problems. 
I think the only scenario where Primo may possibly be healthier or of benefit over Mastron is if, for example, you are running a cycle with TRT levels of tests and instead of running 300 milligrams of Mastron, which may, again, depending on how much it suppresses your aromatase, if it were to suppress your aromatase to an extent where your estrogen were to be excessively low and then you've got an increased cardiovascular risk profile from that, then Primo might be a better choice because it will have less of a negative effect on estrogen. But in terms of exactly what Dave said in, in respect to that side of things, it's not, if, if you've got, if you equate them for dose to anabolism, there's not going to be any distinct benefits on the other side of things. It's still going to have the same net effect. Yeah. I, I don't find a huge difference between Mast and Primo for, for HDL lowering, to be honest. I find them very, very similar. Hmm. Um, generally speaking, I do find them very similar. We find, what do you think of, well, no, I won't even ask that question, but we, we do, we are running short on time guys. I wanted to ask one more question and this is just more out of personal curiosity. I don't know if this is something Dave said in the last episode, or if this is some sort of British thing that I'm just not aware of. Um, but Darren says, uh, Scott, can you ask Dave to explain the phrase you aren't as green as cabbage looking? So basically, you're not ni as naive as your ugly ass looks. Hmm. So that's that's a phrase. That's a British phrase. Hmm. It's not not really one that's used popularity now, but yeah. It's so it means from, definitely from my generation, it was around. It means like that you're not as naive. You're right? not as dumb as you look, basically, or naive gotcha. as you look. Yeah, I gotcha. Have you heard of that one, Will? Uh, I'm half African, so... You're fucking I'm, kidding me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm 50 years younger than Dave. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's that about good. right, to be fair. That's good. That's good. You're from South Africa, right? I am. I am, yes. And how long and did he, you... Any he, what? Speaks to, he speaks the lingo as well. The lingo? Mm. What's the lingo? Mm. Afrikaans. Klein, klein, Becky. Nisamani. Um... I speak, uh, if I've even said that right, I don't know. But um, the Afrikaans listener, I know there is one in the comments, but you might correct me. Um, I speak a very tiny amount of Afrikaans that's left in my vocabulary. Um, Can you tell yeah, them no. to subscribe subscribe to the channel in in, in African? Like, oh, fuck, no. Oh, shit. You <laughs> just cost us all of our African subscribers to this episode, Will. Oh, oh fuck, man. <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> What, what, how long did you live there for? How old were you when you moved? I was I moved there when I was three, and then I moved back when I was fifteen. So I spent about half most well most of my young childhood there. So, so were your your parents were they from here? Were from the, you know the, the UK? So were they on like African yeah. safari or something like that? Um. So we moved to we actually moved to the city first, and we're, yeah, we're, we're Yorkshire born and bred, and then Gosh. we moved out. My dad set up like a low cost housing development system um, to try and like counteract the poverty and stuff. Hmm. And we moved to Johannesburg for about half of that time. And then we moved to Cape Town, a small town called Hermanus, um, which is the, a, a big international whale watching site. Very tiny town though, very traditional, huh. old school. But yeah, I spent uh, about half and half between the city and then the country. Um, no kidding. Do you ever go back there at all? Yeah, very occasionally. I, I, I nearly went back last 
uh, two years ago. I was going to come watch the Arnolds and then go over to um, South Africa after that. And unfortunately, COVID happened. That was the one where they cancelled the, the Arnolds um, because of all the COVID stuff, 2020. Oh, yeah. Um, so unfortunately, I haven't been back for like, I don't know, five or six years. But I, I, I try. I try. Like Cat uh, says, uh, I love hearing Scott repeating things Dave says and asking what it means or uh, like, like on the last episode, what's a git? You know what a git is, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Scott, you're a git. Dave, you're a git. Dave, no, I'm not a git. peace. That means peace, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm out of camera here, so I can't, I can't see where I've got my finger up and it's not on camera. It's like I'm completely missing it. Well, uh, I, I did want to mention to guys, uh, like I said, uh, Pillars of Strength is coming up again with mm-hmm. Dave. Yeah. So reach out to him, hit him up on uh, social media, or you can you can email him through his website, crosslands.org.uk. So there's that. And, and Will, uh, if people want to follow you, where can they, what's the best place to get a hold of the stuff you're doing? Uh, Instagram, The Anabolic Scientist. And that's pretty much where I spend most of my time. Cool. Cool. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. I'm sorry uh, that I had to have Dave on the show as well. But I, I, I'm sure I, you understand. I quite, quite happily taking the week off. You could have left me at home. I'm fine with that shit, mate. No problem at all. How did uh, how did the Arnold go for you, Dave? You all caught up again? Uh, busy. Yeah, I, I caught up. Caught some horrible fucking bug. Um, don't Ooh. quite know if I gave it Will, Will gave it me, or we got it from different places. But was 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 not the wellest of bunnies last week. But uh, yeah, it was it was busy, very busy. Um, and it was a challenging week, but we managed to get everything out. I think the longest bloods took seven days, so I was quite pleased with that because it was a huge amount of work. Nice. A um, few disasters, but nothing that we couldn't circumvent. Uh, Big Z, the fucker owes me 100 quid. The tight-ass cunt ran off without paying me. Little what? shit. Um, I'll deal with that another day. Um, but, yeah, no, time was good. Had a lot of good guys down. Um Branch Warren called in. Oh, yeah, I saw him. Wait, so called that, in that was... here in the U.S. means like I called in to work, meaning I'm not coming. Okay, he, he stopped by the stand then. Is Thank you. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yes, that's better. Um, but, yeah, no, it was good. It, it was good. Um, the Arnold's Not Arnold show was, 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 I suppose, a success from that point of view, yes. Nice. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Go check out Will. Uh, like I said, get a hold of Dave. Uh, you can reach out to me for coaching, McNally oh. Diets at gmail.com. Oh, David. Oh, oh. Yes, Katrina brought this fucking incredible Snickers cake. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have any, unfortunately, because I am actually genuinely on a diet for properly for a while. You didn't but get a chance take- to meet Ron and Dusty, did you? I didn't get to, I didn't get off the stand once, mate. I was stuck mm. on the stand pretty much twenty four seven. She said she went um, there to meet you, Ron and Dusty, and that was it. Yeah, no, she uh, and the cake was definitely well appreciated by Big Z as well. He ended up having a fucking huge slice, but um, the, yeah, that went down really well. So big shout out to Katrina for the cake, amazing as always, and, and greatly appreciated. All right. And check out our sponsors, guys. Go to Strom Sports Nutrition. You can get all sorts of great health supplements there. Uh, Check out truenutrition.com and use our code THINK if you're in the U.S. Supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. And eval blood analysis. Go to see Dave. Get some lab work done. And, of course, guys, thank you to everybody from our Patreon. I much appreciate all all the help that you guys have been providing over there. We'll see you guys soon. 
Thank you.